Welcome to the Mom Manual. Motherhood doesn't come with instructions, but it should. We are on a mission to highlight ordinary moms doing extraordinary things to build the ultimate mom manual. Every week, I have the distinct honor of speaking with women about the lessons they've learned and the inspiration that got them to where they are today. Join us for a conversation that will spark creativity, provide actionable tips, and celebrate the ordinary and extraordinary moments of motherhood. The Mom Manual starts now. Hi everyone, Tara Williams here with the Mom Manual. I have such a fun guest for the podcast today. Her name is Liesl Teen. She's a BSN and RN, a labor and delivery nurse, and the founder of Mommy Labor Nurse, where she equips pregnant women with the tools, knowledge, and confidence they need to erase the unknown and have an even better birth, no matter how they deliver. Liesl, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here with you today. Thank you for being here. So for anyone who does not know Liesl, she has such a fun, amazing social media following. So it's mommy labor nurse. You guys have to check her out. What one thing she does, I was telling her before we started, that is so fun. She uses Barbie dolls to get into like to show birthing positions. It's I've never seen anything like it. It's amazing. Liesl, will you tell everyone how you became a labor and delivery nurse and then how you spun that into having this incredible social media community? Yeah, sure. So I have been a labor and delivery nurse now for about eight years. Um, I have a five-year-old and had him um, while I was a working, you know, labor and delivery nurse. I was working night shift at the time. And I love my job as a bedside labor and delivery nurse. But after I came back from maternity leave with him, I just longed to be at home, you know, with him. So I kind of got my wheels spinning and said, "Mm, is there anything I can do kind of part time on the side to stay home with my kiddo for a little bit longer and drop part time, you know, at the bedside? I never really wanted to completely leave the bedside, but it's tough doing three 12 hour shifts a week and, you know, leaving before the sun comes sun comes up and then coming home you know when the sun is is down so um i started just to brainstorm and started to look on pinterest of like okay what are some things i can do at home and starting a blog came up and i was like you know what i was pretty good at creative writing in high school and i think i can maybe like you know, throw something together and make it labor and delivery, um, give this like labor and delivery spin from it because there's, you know, a ton of mom blogs out there, but there's not a lot by labor and delivery nurses. So I was like, I love to educate anyways. So that was kind of the thought behind mommy labor nurse in the very, very beginning. And then of course that was four ish years ago now, because my son was one when I kind of started it all. Um, and yeah, that was four years ago. It transformed into, I I wasn't even called mommy labor nurse back then, but it transformed into like getting more of a social presence on Instagram, doing more visual posts there. Um, I just personally, my dad is, was a wedding photographer, professional photographer in the nineties. So he's retired. So he had like all of this camera equipment and just expertise to kind of help me take pictures and I just, it was a really fun way um, for me to use my nursing brain, like not at the bedside. And yeah, I just started to really get into it and then said, okay, you know what, let me put out, let me, you know, put out a birthing course. Like a lot of people are asking for online resources. Um, And so, yeah, started with my online course and then it turned into another online course and another one. And now I have a few employees who work underneath me. So yeah, it's really been a journey for sure. (laughs) 
social media is, it's amazing that you can bring on, create this community, offer value, and you share so many free tips. And then you have courses as well. Those are paid or some free. Yeah. So we have, um, two free workshops, which I'm going to talk about one of them more in detail today. Uh, today we have a workshop called three secrets to an even better birth, which is about an hour long workshop where I just talk about three secrets to an even better birth. And then we have another free class that, um, talks about the best way to, um, uh, to talk to your doctor about your prenatal care. I go over like the ins and outs of your prenatal care. So it's about a, that's about a 30 or 40 minute class as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then our full online courses are um, paid, but they uh, we have actually three different kinds. So one of them, it, they're all called Birth It Up. One of them is called the Natural Series, m- more for moms who want to go a little bit more unmedicated, interested in that route of delivery. Um, and then there's the Epidural Series, which is for moms who are like, I know I want that epidural, but I know I still need birth education too. Yep. And then we have Birth It Up, the C-section series, which is for moms who um, have a scheduled C-section coming up and you know, there's still birth education to learn if you have a scheduled C-section. Just because you have a C-section doesn't mean that, you know, there's nothing out there to learn. So we've got three different kinds. Um, they are each about, well, both of the first two are about 12 hours long um, with newborn care content in them as well. And then the C-section course is about seven hours long with newborn care content in there as well. Oh, there's so much to learn. I have four kids. They are older now. And yeah. I, I wish I had more information. And we we've had, if, if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, we've had a few people come on and talk about just ways to get more prepared and knowledge is power. So today Liesl is going to talk to us about the three secrets to having an even better birth. Do you want to jump in and start with the first secret? I do. So the first one is mental preparation and mindset are so, so key. A lot of people don't think about like, oh, wait a second. Um, I should kind of wrap my head around this whole labor thing, right? So inside my our birth classes, we've got an entire section about how handling the pain of labor is like 90% mental, okay? And I teach like a ton of relaxation, breathing, other, you know, non-pharmaceutical pain coping strategies, um, but your mindset is so, so important, okay? So I'm gonna throw it back to you. Do you remember in any one of your births, some negative kind of thoughts that were going through your head, like, uh, I can't wait for this contraction to be over or like, how much longer is this going to be? Okay. So one thing that you had mentioned before we started talking. So I, um, had my daughter about a year into my marriage. So I was very newly married, like got pregnant right away. Um, and still, I mean, now at this point I've been married over 10 years and I shouldn't say, I don't care what my husband thinks. I care a little less. I'm a little more comfortable at the time. I still wanted to impress him and you know, all that. I was so nervous. (laughs) I was going to poop my pants while delivering and I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I was like, that would be so mortifying. Oh my gosh. So that, I think that was a major thing I thought about. And then of course, I just, I wanted the epidural as soon as possible because I didn't want to feel the pain, but the the embarrassing part was that for sure. (laughs) Yes. No, you're not alone in that. (laughs) A lot of people are very, very 
uh, concerned about the pooping aspect. And side note, we'll talk about that for a second before I finish um, with the first secret. But yeah, pooping is actually a very, very good thing during uh, labor. And we, I love to see poop. When my, when my moms are pooping during delivery, that means that you're pushing in the exact right spot that you need to be pushing and that means that that baby is coming down and it's we're almost about to meet baby because if you're pooping there's a baby head that's pushing on your rectum and getting all of that poop out it just makes sense right your vagina is right next to your rectum so if there's a big baby coming big baby head coming through your vagina it's pushing on your rectum and pushing anything at all that's out of that rectum you know out so if you're pooping, it's actually a really good thing. And I will say, this is what I say every anytime anyone asks me about it, I have never heard of anyone getting divorced or breaking up after uh, they see their partner poop uh, during delivery. So if that eases your mind at all. It's, but you know, I think, I think it's a really great thing. And maybe if I had just had a conversation with my husband before. And that goes into this mental preparation and just saying, Hey, listen, this is something I'm really nervous about. And I need you today not to judge me on that. I'm pretty sure he would have said, give me a beautiful, healthy baby. I don't care what happens. You can throw up, you can move, you can do all the things. Giving birth is a crazy thing. So we do need to give our bodies a little more grace. Okay. I love that. But yes, there were a lot of things I was nervous about beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. I mean, a lot of things are going on and birth can look so different for every single person too. Um, A very common negative thing that I hear is I can't do this anymore. Okay. Especially if you're going, you're trying to go a little bit more unmedicated. You're saying I can not do this anymore. So what I like to say is like, okay, any sort of negative thought, like that's a really easy, easy one to flip, right? Instead of saying, I can't do this anymore. You say, I am doing this right now. Okay. Eventually it's going to be over. This is not going to be the rest of my life, right? This eventually has an end and I am doing this right now. We have a lot of great um, positive affirmations too inside. Uh, if you sign up for the three secrets to an even better birth, you get like a little a little worksheet and it has little cards in there that have positive affirmations that, you can, that can help you kind of switch some of those negative thoughts because those negative thoughts can really get in your head and make your experience, you know, not at, you know, not as positive as you want it to be. So that's a good mental trick. Um, Another thing I like to teach about in terms of a mental trick is that is telling my patients that, okay, you can do anything for 10 seconds. Okay. And contractions typically last a lot longer than 10 seconds. Okay. But if you think about a contraction, it's kind of like a hill and they come up and then they peak and then they come down. Okay. So that peak is about 10, maybe 20 seconds. And that's the worst, worst part of the contraction. Okay. So I say, okay, this is the worst, worst part of the contraction. We just have to get, it's it's still going to hurt on, on the sides, but this is the worst part. We just have to get through this 10 seconds and then you'll be done. And along with that, I also say, you know what? We're going to take it one contraction at a time, okay? Don't think about how many more you have. Don't think about, you know, how many you've had and I'm only four centimeters. We're just going to take it one contraction okay. at a time. So that's my first secret is that, labor is a lot more mental than you think it is. Um, I can go into secret too, unless you 
wanted to comment before I go into secret. No, I, the only thing I, I think it's so funny because it's with anything in life. What I talk about with my kids all the time is I say, how do we eat an elephant? And they chant bite, bite, bite. And that's giving birth. It's like this huge moment. Yep, exactly. But if you can just get through these 10 second moments in time, then you can eventually get to where you want to be. You know, one other thing, um, talking about the mental preparation that really freaked me out. So I was in labor with my first daughter for like 24 hours. And then the actual pushing was about two and a half hours. And I remember they were like, okay, mom, like, you know, if we can't do this in the next, it was like 30 minutes, we're going to have to go into a C-section. And I was like, hell no, <laughs> I did not just push for two and a half hours only to have a C-section. Like I would have no, rather just yeah. had the C-section. So I'm like, nope, like we've been doing this for too long. And I was like, something needs to change. And they're like, we'll give you a mirror. And I was like, a yeah. mirror. And so they pull up the mirror and all of my kids had like, not long hair, but a lot of hair. And I remember the nurses were like playing with the hair and they were like, look, look at the hair, the hair is coming. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I could see it in the mirror. And again, mind you, my mental state, I was still a little bit nervous about being this in front of my husband. Um, I wanted to impress him. And, um, it was just, I remember just being so horrifying. Like I I could not believe they were having these open conversations. And then I am looking in the mirror and I am seeing the baby's head. And it was like the head kept kind of coming, but not all the way out. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And it was something that I didn't even realize anybody's body. I mean, if you think about how big a head is, right. Oh yeah. it It was like, shocking and horrifying all in one. But I was on that kind of deadline of if you do not deliver this baby in the next 30 minutes, like if there's too much stress on you and the baby will have to go to a C-section. So I'm like, just do it. Um, but that's another thing that I just mentally wasn't prepared for. I had never even looked at my own body with a mirror. Right. So I, I don't even know what down there looks like. Um, and so it was very shocking and, I was 25 at the time. I was almost 26. I was pretty young. And so I don't know. It just, it was a lot of shocking things in that first birth. Then second, third, fourth child, I kind of had it down, but, um, I wish somebody had told me like, Hey, maybe we'll bring out a mirror or maybe we'll use a forceps, or maybe you should see what your own body looks like and look at yourself with a mirror. Um, just so you're not shocked in front of all these people and your husband and, you know, in this stressful environment. So that, that's another thing for me. I, I was not mentally prepared to have my baby for sure. So this is a course that I would have loved. (laughs) Yeah, no. And, and I have a lot of first time moms say that, you know, they're like, I didn't realize it takes so much mental prep beforehand. And I have a lot of second time moms saying what you're saying is like, I was totally unprepared for like what this whole thing threw at me. So you're just, you know, say you're just you know, reaffirming everything that, that we teach in that course. Yeah. You don't even know what you don't know. Right. Exactly. At the time yeah. I wouldn't have even known what to look up. And this is 2012 courses like this didn't exist. Right. This right. is kind of pre Instagram. Facebook's just getting started. So I love that women now have an option like this and this one's free, which is amazing. Okay. Liesl, take us into the second secret. 
Let's do it. So I talked about your mind. So now we're going to talk about your body. Okay. So secret number two is that preparing your body for labor um, actually makes a huge difference. Okay. So let's talk about anatomy for a second. So your baby, baby is inside your uterus and at the very bottom of your uterus is your cervix. And that cervix has to open up and get nice and thin for baby to come through and be born. But your cervix, um, typically what happens as you get uh, nearer to term, your cervix starts to prep itself for labor, okay? During pregnancy, it's nice and closed, it's nice and hard, it has a big mucus plug around it, and it's nice and thick, okay? And then as you get closer to term and your baby's getting bigger and putting more weight on that cervix and your body's saying, okay, it's about getting that time, we're going to be having this baby soon, your cervix starts to thin a little bit, your cervix starts to open up a little bit, and that mucus plug comes out. Um, but sometimes what happens is that doesn't happen for a while, right? Until 41 weeks, you know, sometimes moms are getting induced um, 41, 42 weeks and your your cervix isn't really doing that work yet. Sometimes it, it does work on its own, but prepping your body is so, so important for labor, going into labor spontaneously and possibly if you need an induction later because um, I'm actually about to post on it next week. Um, I have a really good video on how your cervix is similar to a banana, okay? You're going to call me crazy, but if you think about a really, really super suit, I wish I had it up here. I was like, literally, I'm literally going to record it like after we get off of here. So I'm like, dang it, I wish I had it. Um, but if you think about a super, super ripe banana, you know, it's like, you know, brown and, you know, super spotty and really, really soft. And then like a not so ripe banana is like really, really green. Okay. So think about that green banana as your cervix during pregnancy. Okay. And then think about that brown banana is like, maybe your cervix is like two to three centimeters dilated. It's nice. You know, it's a, it's a face, what we call effaced. It's nice and thin. Your mucus plug has, has um, come out. And that first banana is a lot harder to peel, right? Like when you go to peel a green banana, you have to kind of like use your muscles. You have to kind of, you know, like really peel it. It's hard. But that brown banana, you can break it in half and it'll just peel really, really easily, right? So that's similarly to, that's um, a good analogy when we think about your cervix, okay? So a cervix that is long, long and thick and hard like that green banana is going to be a lot harder to get into labor than that brown banana okay so if you're so if you are especially a first-time mom i always encourage first-time moms to do all of the things hashtag all of the things right have sex do the curb walking do the bouncing on the ball do the pineapple do all of these things that are a lot of them are anecdotally based you know there's a few evidence-based um uh induction methods out there like nipple stimulation um that Wait, have actually shown go Can ahead pause for a second because you just named a whole bunch of things and i'm like what's <laughs> sorry pineapple what wait what Maybe can you give us a few examples and like go into further detail sure. the evidence base and then the anecdotal type things sure sure so 
when I say anecdotal, I mean things that are not uh, tested yet. You know, these are things that, yes, these are things like sex. Like moms say, I had sex the night before I went into labor and it put me into labor. I went on a bumpy car ride or I bounced up and down on my labor ball and it, you know, put me into labor, this, that, and the other. So I'll say at face value, there's nothing that you can do except getting hooked up to some Pitocin that's going to throw you into labor if your body is not ready for labor, okay? So a lot of times what happens is maybe your cervix is nice and prepped and ready and you do that last little thing, like you have sex the last time or you eat a pineapple or something and you just happen to go into labor and there really was, it's not really the pineapple that threw you into labor. Maybe it just kind of threw you over the edge, but it didn't get you from zero to a hundred, you know? So I will say those are a few anecdotally, um, anecdotal ones. And again, in our free course, I have a whole list of all these things and there's like, like a nice little chart that you can see, okay, when can I start doing this? And when can I start doing this? And is this evidence-based or is this not evidence-based? Um, but one of, uh, one of my favorite evidence-based one is eating dates. Do you know what dates are? Those nice, like, uh, really really sweet fruit uh you they, they kind of look like giant raisins yeah um, like but they're animal. super sweet yeah. yeah they're super sweet and there have been studies that have shown if you start eating them if you eat like six or six to seven uh dates a day starting at about 36 to 37 weeks um that is supposed to help to prep your cervix okay so so help to thin and open up your cervix so that's a good evidence-based one yeah so dates are great um now with that said i say hey if you are the kind of person that you hate dates like you just can't choke them down don't yeah. You don't have, you know, you don't have to do any of this, right? Okay. But dates are a really, really good one to start at 37, 36, 37 weeks. That will really help to prep that cervix. Um, another great one that's evidence-based is nipple stimulation. And a lot of moms do that with their breast. You can do it with your breast pump, put your breast pump on a low setting. And there are a couple different ways to do this. And I would talk to your provider again before doing any of these, but especially with the nipple stimulation, because some providers recommend recommend doing it a different way. Um, but the way that we recommend is put put um, your breast pump on, or you can just use your hands and put your breast pump on for a few minutes at a you know nice low suction. If you start having strong contractions, take it off, okay? Because that nipple stimulation um, releases the same hormone oxytocin that your brain releases during labor. Okay. So if we can get enough oxytocin going, it can really get you to have some strong contractions and throw you into full blown labor. So that's a good one. Um, so to kind of go back to the secret, the reason why these things are so important is because of that banana analogy that it yes. is so much easier to go into the labor for your body to go into labor or for you possibly to if you need to get induced let's say your blood pressure is high at the end or let's say you make it to 41 weeks it's so much easier to induce a cervix that is brown <laughs> like the banana versus a cervix that's green so that's why i always encourage moms to start doing these things to help your body you know kind of along the way your goal never should be I'm gonna go out and walk around so I can go into labor your goal should always be I'm gonna go do these things so I can really prep my body so when my body's ready for labor my body's gonna be real ready for labor right right no I love that I think you hear a lot yeah people eating spicy food and, and you know yep. doing all these things but it's it's really good to know 
if your body isn't already ready, none of that is going to just get you there. Um, yeah. I like the idea of, of having a checklist and you know, if you're, yep. I, I went into labor, I think at 39 weeks of all my kids. So I was about a week early, but I have friends who are, you know, 42, 43, 43 yeah. days. Right. And it's, it becomes unbearable. And so yeah. I love the idea of having a list and just do them all. Why not? I mean, they're not going to hurt you, right? There's no, they're not, they're not going to hurt. They're not going to hurt. Yeah. You don't want to you do anything harmful, right? Like you don't want to go ride a motorcycle or something. And I mean, don't do anything harmful, but you yeah. know, doing some walking is great exercise. Another good one is like sitting on your birth ball and bouncing up and down on your birth ball. That's super great for your back and your posture. So yeah, all these things. And again, if you don't like dates, don't choke dates down. If you don't like pineapple, don't choke a bunch of pineapple down. Like only do the thing, you know, only do the things that you, that you feel comfortable doing. But yeah, it's like, why not? Yep. I love it. Yeah. So ready to go into the last secret? Yes, I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. So the last secret is about your support people in your room because we cannot leave them in the dark, right? They are important too. You are the one giving birth, but they are the ones not giving birth and kind of with a more stable mindset, right? Because you're, you might be having some of these negative thoughts. So we kind of need to prep them as well so they can help you. Okay. So this is something that I did not do with my first birth. I have two children, two boys with my first birth. I was a labor and delivery nurse. I was super prepped. I was ready. Right. But my husband, I was like, just come along for the ride. It's fine. I know what I need to do. No problem. And he was, and he was like, oh, oh my God, what is going on? You know, and I, I mean, I was also trying to go unmedicated, but um, he was just like, oh my God, what is going on? I don't know how to support you. I don't know how to do any of this stuff. And everything worked out fine. But with my um, second birth, it was a lot better because I, we had a conversation beforehand and I said, hey, you know what I really need you to do? I want to go unmedicated again, but I really need you to just give me these positive affirmations. And I taught him how to do counter pressure. We'll talk about that in a second. But I said, I, I really just need you to tell me that I'm doing a great job, you know, keep the room filled with positive thoughts. I was like, that's really all you need to do. And if I need some counter pressure, like this is how you do counter pressure. I was like, that's really all, <laughs> you know, and you know, and I was like, you know what to expect in terms of like how the labor goes. We didn't have to go into that, but I always recommend your support person. If you signed up for a birth class, have your support person, take it with you. So they're kind of understanding the process as well because that's really really important and then also have that conversation have that same conversation that i have with my husband i love to give the example of the five love love languages if you are familiar with that um book uh, you know, my love language is words of affirmation, if you could guess. <laughs> so if your love language is words of affirmation, I have a pretty good uh, idea that maybe you'll like your support person telling you really positive things during labor. Or if your love language is quality time, maybe you, it's really, really important for you, for your support person to be like right next to you and hey like let's not if you're gonna if you have to leave the room like let let me know if you're gonna leave the room um just a conversation about like how 
talk about how to best, how can you best support me during labor? Okay. And then also if it's, especially if it's your first time, let's talk about the process. Let's watch a birth class together. Okay. Um, one of the things that we teach partners in the birth, in our birth classes is about counter pressure. And we go over this in the three secrets workshop as well in the fridge workshop as well. So counter pressure is just, um, a method that can be done to help contractions. So a lot of times you'll not only have contraction pain in the front, but you might have it in your back as well. I don't know if you remember back labor, but if you, if you had back labor, it's not fun. <laughs> yeah, probably. I had everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of people do. A lot of people have it in the front and in the back and in every which side, but back labor is no fun. And counter pressure is a good thing to help with that back labor. So counter pressure is basically where you're taking both your hands and putting your hands kind of right on the flare of your hips. Okay. And you can do it while mom is kind of in hands and knees or kind of leaned over a table and you're just squeezing both those hips together. Okay. And using kind of like all your strength. And what it does is it kind of fans your hips out a little bit and it gets some of that pressure of baby's head off of that spine and that can help with some of the back labor that you're experiencing and counter pressure is also really good because as it fans those those hips out sometimes baby can spin just a little bit more and get right into that good position um so it can help with progress as well so counter pressure is a really really good thing to learn um, and understand how to do before you know mom goes into labor and again i'll say this too a lot of people, especially if your love language is touch, a lot of people are like, yes, touch me, do the counter pressure, do the hard, you know, like tennis ball on my back. That's another form of counter pressure. But a lot of people are like, uh, don't touch me at all. Yeah, <laughs> so, I don't want to be touched at all. Like, don't even yeah. look at me. <laughs> yes, I will say that too is this is something we also talk about is let's prep and let's talk about the best way to support to support me during labor but just know that it might totally change okay yeah. so let's have a few things in our pocket <laughs> you know like it just in case you were thinking you were going to be doing a bunch of counter pressure and mom is like no way do not touch me then you just you know be on the side and you give a little like positive you give some positivity from the side but you no know, touching right yeah. so that is my last secret definitely prep your uh, support person to watch a birth class with them. They are part of this as well. And by helping them, they are going to be helping you inevitably. So there we go. And now, and now I was going to say too, if, um, if you want to see me teach this course, okay, this three secrets to an even better birth, I talked a little bit about it, but the whole thing, like I said, is about, uh, it's about an hour. So I go, more in depth into each secret and we have like a lot of visuals that pop up and again you get that worksheet um you can sign up for that and it's you know the whole class like i said it's just a free little class you can sign up for we'll definitely put that in our show notes um i i love about prepping the support my husband on our i think our second child he had rolled his ankle the day before and oh, i know i'm sitting there and i'm in labor not active labor but he's laying and the nurses are getting him Advil and ice for his ankle. And they set him oh. up in his bed. And I'm like, what is happening right now? Like who is having the baby? So yeah, my, my husband, um, he's, he's a funny guy. Um, but <laughs> I, I also think it's important. So I live in California and my family's all in Boston. 
So I planned for my mom to come out for a couple of weeks after I had the baby. Um, cause I didn't want her to be here for any time before I had the baby. So, and I had scheduled inductions and, but I did not want her in the room. And I know my sister, when she had her baby, she lives in Boston. She's close by. She could just call my mom. She really wanted to have her mom in the room. And I'm like, I don't know that just felt, I didn't want, I mean, I hardly wanted my husband in the room. Like I just, again, like, don't look at me. Don't touch me. Don't talk yeah. to me. And in reality, like it was nice to have him there, but I just felt like it's such a, um, you're so open and exposed. Do, do, would you say a lot of people, you mean you deliver babies a lot, are they having multiple people in the room or is it usually just a spouse? It really depends. Yeah. Uh, some people are very pro. Um, I want lots of people in there and a lot of people to help support me. I would say, um, I would, I, I was going to say it, it depends on if you want to go unmedicated or not, but that's really not true. I think it just depends on your personal preference. Cause I know some people, if they want to go unmedicated, they are like, I want my doula in there. I want my support person. Then I want like my mom in there too, you know, for like, for positivity. And then other people are like, no, I just want my, my husband in there. Um, so I think it really depends on personal preference. I've seen, I mean, before COVID, lots of people <laughs> in the room. And now we have more restrictions where we're not allowing um, too many people in the room anymore. But you can still, most hospitals will still allow you to have at least two. Um, and then on the contrary, yeah, you have some people who are like, mm, no, I, just, I think I just, I either want to be by myself or I just, you know, want my, my husband or my support person in there. I'd say most people at least want their support person or, you know, some people don't have a support, like a husband or a partner. So they have their mom come in or they have, you know, somebody else who can support them. I would say most people want at least one person. Um, but yeah, I think it just kind of depends. Do you think there's an optimal, optimal number of people in your opinion? Is it two? Is it one? I think, um, I think one is definitely needed. I'd say like you definitely want someone that you know in your corner, you know, if you're if it's your partner then you know, you know great. I would say also uh, we're very pro doula here at mommy labor nurse. I wish everyone could have a doula, um, during, during birth. So I would say, especially if you're going unmedicated, um, to like having your support person there, if you have a partner and then having like a doula or an extra person there as well. Um, cause they can help doulas are great because they can not only help support you, but they can help support your support person too during labor as well. So I would say two is a pretty good number. Um, I had my husband and then in both of my deliveries, I work at the hospital. So I had like two nurses, you know, at my bedside. So that's just me. But again, I've seen it. I've seen it work really, really well with four people. I've seen it work really, really well with just, you know, your, your support, your partner in there. So, so really, really kind of personal preference. Okay. Yeah. Let's jump into super quick fire round. So what are you currently binging on TV? Oh, yeah. So my, I would say favorite reality show, um, The Circle, <laughs> just had new episodes come out on Netflix on Netflix last night. Um, and I have to watch the last few episodes of those. So the circle on Netflix is my season four is my current binge. Oh, I haven't even heard of that. Okay. Oh girl. Oh girl. It's, it's not, it's, you know, I wouldn't even call it like trashy. Like I'm not a super trashy reality. I, I, I do like those too, but it's, it's an interesting reality show about 
it's it it has a lot of like social media aspects in it too so you should definitely check it out all right I love a good reality show um (laughs) what is the most recent book you read yeah so I'm not a book reader but I love audiobooks so I will say um the one the one that I just recently binged was uh, Mel Robbins the high five habit I don't know if you know who Mel Robbins is but she's amazing she's a she's a motivational speaker and she just she she had a talk show for a while before COVID but I think she just does podcast stuff now but she has a bunch of just motivational productivity books um and she came out with her high five habit um book and audio book so I just binged that you know a little while ago um and yeah she's one of my one of my faves I love that. Okay. What about, so you have your, you are doing labor and delivery. You are doing social media. You are doing courses. What's your best productivity app? Oh my gosh. So I also have ADHD. Um, so I am always looking for the best productivity, uh, like app out there. So I've gone back and forth a bunch of them, but honestly, I love my notes, my, uh, not my notes, my reminders app on my iPhone. I use that thing. Like it is my job. (laughs) I have all these different lists, these lists, and I just put, you know, I'll say, Hey Siri, you know, make me a reminder. Oopsie. He's listening to me. She's listening to me. See, <laughs> um, I'll say, Hey, make me, you know, remind me to do this when I leave the house or like remind me to do this. And I, then I wear my Apple watch and I'll get a little notification on my, on my, um, Apple watch and I'll say, Hey, make sure you, um, bring this with you before you go pick the kids up or, you know, whatever I, or yeah. my mind and myself. So honestly, I've tried to find a better app than that reminders app. And I haven't been able to, so that is, that's my go-to app. Well, in combo with the watch, it feels like the future is here. Virtual assistant. I love it. Just saying. Yeah. Um, how about your go-to de-stressor? Oh yeah. So I love me a good Netflix binge. <laughs> like I love to just sit in my bed, right. And like watch my Netflix and chill out. But I will say I'm a bath girl. I love to get in the bath and soak in the bath. And I have this nice little, um, ledge kind of thing that sits on my my bathtub and I can put my iPad or you know whatever else I want up there so I can just sit in the bath I can a binge a and a bath a binge and a bath exactly so I sit in my bath sometimes I put little salts in there sometimes I light a candle I'm just by myself nobody's talking to me I'm just watching my Netflix or I'm scrolling on Pinterest or something that yeah. is definitely my de-stressor <laughs> Amazing. Liesl, this was such an awesome conversation. Where can everyone find you? Yeah. So I am most active on Instagram. You can follow me at mommy.labornurse. There's a dot in there. Um, On my story every day, I do Q and A's also in my story on Sundays, do story questions. So that's definitely where I'm most active. And I also have a podcast too, the Mommy Labor Nurse podcast. You can check that out um, on whichever app that you listen to podcasts. And then our website is just mommylabornurse.com. And that is where we have all of our online birth courses. You can sign up for our free workshops on there as well. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me.